Why would we want the brightest, the most innovative people in this country to take their hard-earned money and send it to Washington? The notion of prophecy is dangerous and worth worrying about. Yeah, oh, I give a rat's ass about Twitter. It's a platform for people that are sitting home trolling an unemployment check, sitting in front of a keyboard. And I just sort of said, screw it, I'm gonna go out whatever, whatever I want to think and I want to feel, I'm gonna feel it and, and let that happen. And it, it was a little bit like pressure was off of me. We are live. After the uh, sabbatical, back to the sabbatical of May, we put in them hours during draft season. But now it's our favorite time of year, man. Off season, June, July. Takes and really start flying. We got Connor Ryan in the studio today. A big addition to the show. Also, potentially part of uh, New Media Group, you know. Yeah, well, there are some, we don't want to unveil too much, but there are a lot of strings being pulled behind the scenes here. And we're trying to move move our way up. Invest now. That's that's the uh, <laughs> that's the overarching slogan. <clears throat> Connor, want to say hi? Yeah. Hello. How's it going? It's uh, NFL off seasons. Arguably better than the NBA's off season. We got more exciting topics here than first take. Oh. Definitely more exciting than the Anthony Davis news. And uh, college football is around the corner as yep. well. Damn right. Also, a quick shout out to Joel Klatt. Woo. Doing uh, U.S. Open coverage. That man, that man is a man of many talents. Tommy yeah. and I have been known he was a quadruple threat. I think he might be a quintuple threat. I think he's the first registered quintuple threat on the back judge. <laughs> yeah, quick screw you to Joe Buck as well. Don't know how that guy has a job. He's got a job because he drinks one beer before uh, before he's doing not. some analysis. <laughs> yeah, he's like he says Justin Rose. He's like Justin Rose starts clicking. That's bad news for everyone on the course. Except for uh, or for everyone not named Justin Rose. It's like, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> He's on there for eight hours, Connor. Yeah, you had to bring in Jim Nance from an opposing network to do his job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, today we're going to get into some nice topics, mainly circulating around breakout players that are not rookies. So uh, we're going to go division by division. Throw out one player from each division that we think is going to have a nice little season here in 2019, and then maybe have a little lightning round. You know, get 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 some takes and some players firing out here. Um, so let's start. Why don't we start? Go east to west. We'll start in the NFC East. Tommy, who is your breakout player from that division? Um, my breakout player is Darius Geis, running back for the Washington Redskins. Um, really, I, I was really—I think we all were excited about him uh, going into last year, but unfortunately, he had that ACL tear. I think in this first preseason game, and now I think uh, this Washington Redskins team is uh, revamped and they brought AP back. But I think Darius Geis is going to be the main breadwinner in this backfield, and just a guy who runs hard, can do a little bit of everything, can be a little bit of a third-down back, um, versatile, and. Just love his play style, and I'm expecting big things out of him this year. Yeah, I mean, he seems like definitely like a candidate um, from that division to, you know, have a good season. It is somewhat like his rookie year. Yeah. But I think, you know, having that protection of, of AP, you know, he can still get stuff done. So being able to not have to be the number one dude necessarily um, can, can definitely help him out a lot. And, you know, even bringing in a guy like Haskins, I think, can – you know, help his cause a little bit more than maybe an Alex Smith would have. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, I mean, I didn't really understand the rules, too. So if he's still a rookie, I was thinking... No, he's not. He's not. You're good. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, I'll save, mean, for the, I'll save for the lightning round. So, yeah, save it for the lightning round. Save your uh, your other one. Um, what, what would be... We, we're going to go uh, AFC East, or are we going to go... We're going to go east, east to West here. Okay. All right. And we'll save in the NFC. Mm -hmm. So, I have the NFC North, and it, you know, I'm going to go to Green Bay a little bit. And they didn't add much uh, in terms of receivers in the offseason, but that's because I think they have a nice amount of confidence in some of the dudes that are already there, um, specifically with Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, I think he was a decent player last year. Um, you know, obviously not a full, um, you know, threat, but reports out of uh, Green Bay are that he's picking up the LeFleur offense pretty well. Uh, and I just think the fact that they didn't really go out and get a receiver in free agency or the draft, at least at a high point, was a, a vote of confidence for him, as well as Equimania St. Brown. But I really think uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling is going to be that running mate next to Devontae Adams, even over a guy like Geronimo Allison, who's been there a few years. Um, so I, I really like his stock kind of going into the season. Absolutely, Clep. And we were kind of puzzled after uh, the first round of the draft when the Packers didn't, I think they had two picks, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, they, they didn't pull they, the trigger. Again. Yeah, they didn't pull pull the trigger on an offensive weapon. And with either of those picks, I was a guy who was pounding my table or my fist on the table for, for a Hollywood Brown pick or a, uh, you know, a Debo Samuel pick for that team. So that is, I, I do, uh, I like that. I like that take. But moving forward to the NFC South, I'm going to, uh, I guess this is a little bit by the book, but Jameis Winston, man, I think this is a year where, Jameis Winston can elevate his game to an MVP level. I've said it before. I, I truly do. Uh, maybe I was. it was a little bit of a reach to make the MVP prediction when I did, but to, to have uh, Jameis Winston in your MVP conversation I don't think should be outside of the realm of possibility with the changes this team is making for the better. And I think that he's really got to take – this is the year, I think, where – his career is going to be defined, and if he's going to be the franchise quarterback the Buccaneers have been hoping and still are holding out hope that he can be, it's going to come uh, in, in Bruce Arians' first year there, showing some progressions and being able to, to be a little more efficient with his uh, playmaking and, and decisions. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that pick, Lee, and it would fall under more for me a, a player who needs to break out more than a player that I think is going to break out because I think – we kind of know what we're going to get with Jameis Winston and his ceiling, um, I think, can maybe be similar to what uh, we all thought of Patrick Mahomes going into last year and do kind of the best case scenario for a gunslinger where he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns. But the thing with Jameis is you know he's going to turn the ball over. And I, I'm just curious to see how much of an effect B.A. is going to have on uh, – I just want to make it clear, though. Like, I do think this is going to be the best year of his career. Yeah. Like, I think statistically and eye test, ever, all things considered, I think Jameis Winston is going to elevate his play this year and get out of the Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota, Nick Foles discussion and kind of make his way into that Patrick Mahomes, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck conversation. I really do. So I'm, I'm looking for huge things from Jameis this year. Connor, I believe in our mock draft show, you uh, hired a replacement quarterback. For James Winston. So, so what do you think of this take here? Yeah, I mean, I don't think – I think this is an organization that's ready for Winston to leave. I mean, especially with McCoy being a longtime player and a captain leaving, swapping him for Sue. This just doesn't seem like an organization – it's an organization that seems transitioned. And to me, it seems like the coaching staff is just kind of trying to do 
good enough of a job to not get fired and kind of I think a lot of the blame is going to go to Jameis his fault or not I don't think he's going to have a lot of support defensively it's going to be tough for him to win games there and I think they're going to try I think the coaching staff is going to try to have the sword come down on Jameis I mean he's obviously had a lot of immature antics over the years there's there's enough material there that I think the coaching staff and the GM for that matter can kind of say hey it's not our fault and push it on to him fair or unfair so that's why I'm surprised they didn't go with another QB initially, especially with Haskins slipping, because I think I believe that's who I had them taking was Haskins. Is either Haskins or uh, it was Haskins? Yeah, was Haskins. I think it's Haskins. Yeah, but yeah, they're just kind of in a weird point in an organization. I think he's somewhat Cam Newton. I think is somewhat there with like the, the Panthers as well, but not so much to a degree because I think there's more upside there with Cam, even though he's older. He's shown that he can at least get to a Super Bowl. Winston. I would not like to be Jameis Winston right now. I, it's just not a very enviable position. But I hope he, I hope he works out of it. Well, if, if there's any year for him to have a big year, it's this year with yep. him being on the last year of his contract. Uh, he's going to get, a, I mean, a huge deal. I think he's going to, if even if it's with Tampa Bay or without, if he has a big big year. Connor, why don't you take it to the NFC West? Who's your guy here? Yeah, so in the West I have at the Seahawks um, with uh, – who did I take? I think it's John Kelly. Yep, is the is a backup or no? He's Rams. Rams had John Kelly. Is a I was gonna go I Seahawks, but I actually I really didn't like any of them. <laughs> John Kelly's my pick. He's probably the least known out of my picks on there. I think he's a speedy running back. He's gonna have to step up for the Rams with C.J. Anderson kind of going by the wayside and with the whole Todd Gurley situation that seems weird to me. That situation screams a lot of Le'Veon Bell to it. It just seems kind of weird with him not playing. In the Super Bowl match, the weird injury thing, he doesn't really seem to have a very like optimistic attitude towards getting back for the Rams. I think John Kelly's going to step up. He had to suffer through what is a horrible organization in the Tennessee Volunteers who ran Greg Schiano out of town. They're just It's just a terrible place to be as a player. And I mean, you've seen Kamara flourish since leaving Tennessee. No one really knew who the heck he was when he was at Tennessee. So I'm, I think John Kelly's going to be a very nice pick to have a breakout year. Especially for those people who play fantasy, if Gurley's injury keeps flaring up, he's going to be a great handcuff. It's going to be interesting to see, too, if he can beat out Daryl Henderson, because I know that uh, the Rams have a lot of high expectations mm-hmm. for him, get taking him out of Memphis. So, but yeah, we also back Malcolm Brown and the Lions tried to get him on a, on a tender. So, I mean, there's a lot, it's a crowded backfield there, but I mean, anything can happen with those running backs. I mean, they're kind of just robbed by hand. So, John Kelly's a nice little sleeper pick there. Yep. Uh, let's take it over to the AFC East, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take my boy Sam Darnold to have his breakout year this year. Um, the Jets, I really like what they did this offseason. Um, obviously, getting Le'Veon Bell, getting a Kalecio assembly to help fortify that offensive line, and then bringing in Jamison Crowder. Uh, I just think the pieces are together for Sam Darnold to have a really nice year and really break out and really uh, help this team compete for a playoff spot. So I'm I'm taking my man Sam Darnold here, and uh, I'm expecting big things out of him this year and the Jets as a whole. Yeah, I mean, Sam Darnold is going to be the, that team this year. I think they're gonna they're gonna go as he goes, and if he can find consistency, then that's gonna be a, a sight to be seen. I think it's different almost for Darnold, just because it should be a given that he's gonna break out. Because if you draft a quarterback of that caliber that early, it's almost like by year two. Or to in the year year two into year three, he should be making at least showing signs that he's elite. Definitely. So, 
you know, I, I do like the pick, though. I can save my, my backup for the, for the lightning we'll, round. We'll get the fire and the lightning round going. I'm excited for that. Sorry, I mean, do you believe kind of in the surrounding talent? I mean, I know obviously they added Le'Veon Bell, but is like Robbie Anderson, Quincy Nunez, and Jameson Crowder enough for you to kind of think that? Because, I mean, he's still a young player. Donald's not necessarily going to be, you know, elevating the play of those around him like, you know, an Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees that can at their level of the game. So, I mean, do you think those dudes are enough for him to have a breakout season? Um, I do, and I also Le'Veon Bell. Obviously, I mean, you and me, Clap, especially we don't we think running backs are like the least valuable position, and we might not might not agree with paying him that kind of money. But let's not forget who he is and what he can do for a young quarterback like him. Um, he's going to be you know another weapon for him out of the backfield. And then, like you said, with Robbie Anderson, Quincy and Nunez and Crowder, um, especially with a Nunez and Crowder, those are all guys that can really help a quarterback in that West Coast type of offense and getting. Short uh, check down, good throws, good route runners. Um, I just, I just like, I like their personnel, and I, I, and I'm a Gase guy as well. So I think that the pieces are in place for him to really have a really good year. Very nice. So I'm gonna go to the NFC, or I'm sorry, the AFC North, where I have my favorite breakout pick. Uh, you look at the Ravens defense, right? And this offseason, they get rid of, or you know, Terrell Suggs leaves, Zedarius Smith leaves. And you're wondering, you know, who's going to rush the pass here? What's going on? They're not really bringing too many people in in free agency. And you look at that Grand Valley State man, Matt Judon, at that strong linebacker position, number 99. He's going to come in here and fill that void real quick. Proxy moment right now, 10 sacks. 10 sacks for Matt Judon in 2019. I really like his chances to kind of step into this role for this team and get after the passer a little bit. I'm hopping on the wagon, clap. Ooh. I think I think this is I watched the Shane Ray come and go and I think this is more of one where I can see Judon making that move. I think that uh, on a serious note, I truly think that ba- or, uh, Baltimore letting those guys goes guys go was a vote of confidence in Matt Judon players like him especially. So I think that that vote of confidence may be the perfect recipe for him really finding his way into having a nice little year this year. So I'm I'm hopping on that prophecy wagon. Uh, for Matt Judon to get double digit sacks, and he uh, he's been pretty productive in a in a like secondary role too these past couple of years, hasn't he? Ever since he yeah. uh, so he's really ripe. I think I think that's more, a really good pick. More uh, rotational, yeah, I think that's a good pick. Clip. Uh, moving moving forward to the uh, the the AFC South here. Um, I'm a freestyle a little bit. I'm going off the the beaten path. I'm going to save my original pick for the lightning round. I'm going to stick on the same team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I'm going to take uh, the the theme has been second-year players a bit here. I guess it's kind of cheating the, the closest thing to rookies because they're the easiest players to call breakout on. But Ronnie Harrison, safety uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, drafted last year, I think, in the third round out of Alabama, a player all of us on the back judge really loved, loved watching and had a lot of faith in. Um, I think he's going to definitely assume a much bigger role this year in that Jacksonville defense. And I know Telvin Smith plays linebacker, but he won't be playing. That, that's a leader and an extremely effective defensive player that won't be playing for the Jaguars this year, taking the year off. And they're going to need uh, everything defensively to go right, a lot of players to step up and, and fill that to fill that void. And I think that Ronnie Harrison is going to be that. He's a great downhill player, and he's got a great knack for the ball. So I think it's easy to invest my chips in, uh, in Ronnie Harrison in his second year. I think that's a good pick. What about Didi? That Didi, I'm saving for the lightning round. 
we're gonna have to cut that out. We're gonna have to cut I, that out. I, I can I can double down and go and, and go on my tangent here about on the offensive side of the ball too. I think that's I think, my, I think it's Con this time to uh Yeah, are we in the AFC West now? Yeah. Yep. Alright, that's my pick then. Alright, Flacco. There it is. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. It's a, it's a contentious pick. This is one out of necessity. This is definitely a moment in Joe Flacco's career that'll go a long way towards whether those Joe Flacco elite signs are more of a joke or whether it's still a joke but kind of half serious or not. I think it's a big moment in Flacco's career. I don't think he would have been brought in if he was totally done. I think I think he's going to play this year. I don't really think Drew Locke's going to come on, whether it's smart or not. I think they're I think always going to take him a Holmes, Andy Reid-style approach to Drew Locke. And I think, I think Flacco's going to do all right in Denver, to be honest. I think most of those defensive pieces are still there from previous years past that they'll be good enough to contend. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Chiefs off the back, but I think Flacco's going to be all right. I think a lot of things... I'm high on the Ravens this year. They did a lot to address the receiver position, but they had just absolutely nothing there in years past. And their run game, they're starting like is like Dixon or something like that. It was like their running back. Gus Edwards. Or Gus Edwards. Yeah, like they were just starting guys that were Gus nowhere in terms of offensive talent. So I think I think Flacco's going to be all right out there. But I, th- I think it's sort of a step up almost out of necessity. If he doesn't have a year this year, Flacco's career is done. Contract or not. Is the lightning striking right now? The lightning might be striking. Um, his his with that first. All right, I'm gonna go back to the I'm gonna go back to the NFC. So I'm gonna do a double lightning. I'm gonna do my NFC East and AFC East breakout. NFC East. I'm gonna go with Derek Barnett. Who's I'm not gonna say he's disappointed so far in his career. Uh, he had a nice little rookie year on their Super Bowl run, and then last year dealt with some injuries. But this is a guy who I really liked coming out of Tennessee, and I think now that. Uh, Chris Long has retired, and uh, I mean this this Philly front uh, seven is still going to be pretty imposing. But I just think if Derek Barnett is healthy, he's going to have a much more productive year for this Eagles team that looks to be uh, competitive and a division favorite in the NFC East. And then on the other end, in the AFC East, I'm going to take my man Isaiah Wynn, who took a who missed all of last year uh, with the Patriots and looks to fill Trent Brown's spot at that left tackle. Um, and I think he has the potential to be. A, a better player than Trent Brown and really be that franchise left tackle for the Patriots to lead uh, Tom Brady into the sunset. I definitely uh, like those picks. Tom, Tom, you know, you don't have to stay in your division for the Lightning. No, 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 I know. I wanted to because I okay. doubled up because I, I miscomprehended the rules. So thank you, though, for the heads up. No, no worries. But no, I, I like those picks a lot, especially uh, Isaiah Wynn was a dude that I definitely really liked coming out of the draft. And I think, um, you know, for letting go of Trent Brown, uh, going to uh, San Francisco and free agency, I think that Oakland. it's going to be a uh, or I'm sorry, Oakland, yeah. And um, I think that's definitely going to be a spot where he's going to have to step up, and that was kind of the plan all along for the Patriots because um, they're always kind of one step ahead. Yep. Who else got some lightning? Yeah, I got for us. some lightning to strike. I'm going to go a uh, little double receiver AFC South action. Start with Dee Westbrook in Jacksonville. Uh, that was my original pick. That that we got a little sneak peek. About uh, you know that would be forthcoming in the lightning round, and now we are call it tease. We are call it in the business. We we are here, but uh, Dee Dee Westbrook is going to have to assume that almost number one receiver role uh, in Jacksonville. I think I mean at least up there, one A or one B, because Marquise Lee is injured. Uh, they got a new quarterback in town who can throw the ball a lot better than the one they had last year, and Dee Dee Westbrook is a proven playmaker and. 
you just need to get that the ball in that guy's hands, and he's going to do wonderful things with it. And I have a lot of faith that he's going to have a breakout year this year. And I'm going to go ahead and slap a little bit of uh, motivation on Corey Davis out in Tennessee, uh, top Ooh. five pick a couple years ago. I uh, don't love his quarterback that much, but hey, uh, winners win, gamers game, and Corey Davis has got to step up and be that bull that everybody uh, assumed he would be after he was picked, maybe overdrafted, but still picked extremely high in the draft. They're at at receiver. And then I'm going to throw a couple more, and I'm going to throw Duke Riley in, linebacker for the Atlanta Falcons, Uh, someone who's going to have to come in and and, and make plays. Uh, Duke Riley is a guy I've liked a lot, another mid-to-late-round pick who has assumed a bigger role than maybe he thought he would, and uh, I'm looking looking for big things from him this year. Just a quick comment on your your DD thing. I'm looking at the Jags' offense right now. I didn't realize kind of how thin they were there at receiver. I mean, they brought in Terrell Pryor. I hope for big things out of DJ Chark. DJ Chark, yeah. DD Westbrook's the best receiver on that roster. Yeah, I, I definitely, I would probably would agree with you. Um, all right, I'll let my lightning go here. Uh, when when I was kind of quizzing Tommy about those Jets skill positions, I, I stumbled upon someone that I, I kind of forgot that I was a little bullish on, and that's the tight end Chris Herndon. Oh yeah, uh, I think he's made some nice plays so far in his Jets career, and I think that. Well, with Darnold and, and a gay system here in year two, um, I, I think that he can have a nice little breakout season. And also, I'll, I'll go back to the AFC North and head, head over to the Bengals, where I think William Jackson, cornerback, can really put himself in the conversation, you know, top 10, top five even, of uh, cornerbacks in the league. He had a really nice year last year. He's just kind of flying under the radar because he's in Cincinnati. So uh, I, I think that he can be considered among even just all you know NFL analysts as one of the best cornerbacks in the league because I don't really think he's considered that yet. Yeah, I think that's a great pick, Clep. All right. Connor, I got a trio of receivers coming in. So the first is I did the same thing as Tommy. I doubled up on some of the divisions. So the first two are from uh, the West. So the first is DJ Moore. I think he's got to step up almost out of necessity. For Cam Newton, they really didn't do much to address helping Cam out at that position. The second is Martavis Bryant. He's got his old running mate back and Antonio Brown. Some wow. magic's got to happen there. He's got. Wow. He's not going to have a top corner on him. He's going to be have a lower skill guy on him, and I'm excited for Martavis to see if he can do some damage. And the third, probably don't even think he's in the league anymore, but he is. Michael Floyd out of Notre Dame is my guy. Signed with the Ravens on a one-year deal. You don't sign a guy who spent 24 days in jail for nothing at this stage in your career. There's got to be something left out of him. The Ravens know something we don't. And I think he's got to help Lamar Jackson elevate the passing game with fellow Golden Domer, Miles Boykins. Oh, wow. Martavis White Tiger Bryant. I'm going to make a prophecy here, Connor. I got, I got Martavis Bryant and Michael Floyd don't combine for more than 500 receiving yards this season. 500? How much money do you want to put on that? <laughs> Although that's illegal, so we'll keep that under the table. The prophecies <laughs> are out. The lightning round is out. Wait, you never know what you're going to get when seriously. the lightning round uh, happens. I wanna, can I finish up my, my last uh, – I'm going to do my, my really quick lightning round. I'm going to start off with two, uh, two receivers – Deion Kane tore his ACL last year. We talked about it a little bit about it pre-pod. Um, the Colts wide receiver room is a little bit more crowded now that you brought in Paris Campbell, who I think is going to have a really good year in his rookie year. But Deion Kane is a little similar, another speedster who had a really successful career at Clemson and I think is going to be a really nice third option for the Colts. And then I'm going to go out to Denver 
where elite Joe Flacco is slaying in the rock to uh, Cortland Sutton, who had a, a nice rookie year last year and now with Emmanuel Sanders, I believe. Emmanuel Sanders is out for the whole year, right? Or at least for a very good portion of it after tearing his Achilles, you would think. Um, so I think Sutton is going to have a nice... Jake Butt? Yeah, I was going to say Jake, Jake Butt. Butt. If you want to you talk... See some upside. Bounce back yeah. players. All right. Well, uh, I think Cortland Sutton uh, deserves to be, to be up there as well. And then uh, I'm going to go with my man's Dalvin Cook. It's time for him to have his year in Minnesota. They, the offensive line is revamped. This is the Vikings' year. Um, so I think Dalvin Cook is good for 1,000 yards this year uh, if he doesn't get hurt more than – if he doesn't if he plays in 13 games, he's good for 1,000 yards. So maybe he'll miss three games, but either way, he's good for 1,000 yards. And then last one real quick, Harold Landry. He, shoot, he showed flashes last year with Tennessee – Screw Matt Judon. Harold Landry's good for 12 sacks. Descent. Right? I descend. Keep descending. Keep hating. I descend. Probably just went into a little Alex Jones mode there. Uh, seriously, <laughs> I did. These hormones are running through my body right now. I'm looking at a prophecy from last year. Uh, July 30th, 2018. Tommy says Dalvin Cook will finish the year with more rushing yards than Jordan Howard. No. All right, let's do it again this year. That's why I was no. just going to continue before, after Tommy was done with his rant. I'm gonna if he's going to say Dalvin Cook, I'm going to say Jordan Howard got traded, got a fresh start in Philadelphia. I know that running back room is a little it's a Miles little Sanders crowded, here to take his job. A little crowded, a little confused, but Mister Mister Running Backs are irrelevant is trying to say a running back is going to take someone's job. How about there is more than one job in Philadelphia for running backs? How about that? Josh How about, Adams. Possibly, exactly. How about possibly uh, Jordan Howard continually having a steady, the steady career he's had so far? And I know he wasn't the, the barn burner that Chicago wanted, but I think that they may have given him away for uh, for for a you know, cheap price. Well, that was that, that was a great segment, boys. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, we can you know maybe transition in here. I, I have a few things. I know Lee was saying pre-show he might have a little prophecy he wants to drop. Yeah, uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if I have a prophecy yet. Maybe, maybe it'll come to me. I, I don't know if there's anything I want to stamp my name on quite yet. Uh, but I do definitely have a few things I need to get off my chest that, that I've been stewing on. Um, so if you don't mind, I would I would just like to quick quickly start with a thing I was texting Lee about, and that's that I really think uh, I I wouldn't call this as one of my breakout candidates because he's definitely already broken out and a guy who is well established as one of the best running backs in the NFL. But we've forgotten about David Johnson in, in Arizona because two years ago he spent the year mostly injured. Last year he spent the year in an anemic offense and just wasn't really able to get anything going with just the terrible quarterback play and awful offensive line play as well. Um, so I really like David Johnson to kind of reassert himself as one of the best players in the NFL this year. I think you know bringing in Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray definitely doesn't hurt anything because um, you can really go, only go up from what he's been through the last two seasons. Um, and he's just really a special talent, both you know receiving and running with the football. And I, I just like his chances to to kind of come back strong. I agree, man, and that's why I don't want to get into an all-out uh, getting the fisticuffs here. But I think that with the comments you just made, you have to believe somewhat that the Arizona Cardinals are going to be a competitive football team this year. If David Johnson is playing like one of the best players in the league. That team is going to be competitive. They're going to be flirting with at least 500 as a record, I think. So I just want to – maybe that's a talking point for a different episode. But if you look at the years where David Johnson has been an effective running back, that team has won football games. 
So, I mean, I just think that's a little food for thought for you right there because I completely agree with you. And me coming to that conclusion about David Johnson made me think about, well, then why do I hate the Cardinals so much? Just because they were so, like you said, anemic last year. And I think that's just something, an interesting little little tidbit there to think about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start slamming the table right now. I'm going to start I'm, – I'm taking some things to the prophecy book right now. And one of those things is that Bill O'Brien is going to be the first head coach fired uh, in the NFL this year. Wow. I just looked. It wasn't in the prophecy book. The Houston Texans are in disarray right now. And Isn't Bill O'Brien the general manager right now too? Or is he the – they don't they have a general fired, manager. They just fired the general, general manager. They don't have I don't know who the general right manager now. is. They were, they, were, they were interviewing Mayhew for the job. Okay, <laughs> this is where this franchise is right now. I'm telling you, it's like you, the the veil, the the curtain is about to be pulled on the Houston Texans. That division is too competitive. I love Deshaun Watson probably more than anyone on the show, but it's not enough. Their defensive players are old. Their offense, it took it took Bill O'Brien uh, or Tom Savage getting injured for Bill O'Brien to even realize Deshaun Watson was worthy of the job, and Deshaun Watson has done nothing but save his job since. I think Bill O'Brien is not fit to wear the shirt, and I think that the Houston Texans are going to be a disappointment of a team this year. I want to get that off my chest just so that you guys know it. That is that is the team I'm I'm pulling I'm pulling all my faith out of the Houston Texans right now, and I'm going to stay in the. I've been very uh, AFC NFC South oriented so far, and I'm going to stick in there, and I'm going to say that. I don't know if I'm ready to put this solid in the prophecy book because I've toyed with the whole Jameis idea, but Andrew Luck for MVP is something that I think I'm 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 about I'm 90% ready to slap that down in the prophecy book. I just think Andrew Luck is right now is the time where he's going to the, the torch will be passed, so to speak, and Andrew Luck is going to take the torch as the best player in the NFL uh, out of Tom Brady's hands and. Um, that's just basically where I'm at mentally right now. I wanted to get those get those arguments out on the floor, see what you boys think. Yeah, I could test the Andrew Luck MVP thing. Uh, I think you forgot about Madden cover boy Patrick Mahomes. He's nobody. Nobody, He's Mahomes nobody remembers about. No one's gonna remember Luck. The, his generation was just skipped over. <laughs> it's Mahomes era now. It's either one. It's gonna be once Mahomes. The Luck generation is just gonna be. Maybe maybe he'll get a year in the in the limelight, but that'll be it. Tops. The Colts aren't really going anywhere. I mean, I love Quentin Nelson, best old lineman in the league, but there's there's nothing else there. T. Y. Hilton's gonna have a great year. That's who's gonna help propel Luck to MVP. Look at their receiver, Jack room. Doyle. Look at their receiver. They have one of the best offensive lines in the league. They're rece- they have the they, best line. They've, they've got T. Y. Hilton, and they've got four receivers, five receivers behind him that are all Ooh. capable. They just Ooh. drafted. They just drafted Paris Campbell. They've got Deion Kane coming. Chester Rogers wasn't bad they, last year. They they've yeah, got yeah, nice Eric Ebron just had the best year of his career in Indianapolis. Oh, they're, and they got Funches too. Which I mean, they, they signed Funches. Their defense. They look look at what they did in the playoffs. I mean, talk about Mahomes. I, I know Kansas City was a better team and they won the game, but it's like. The Colts, it's it, the year-to-year turnover has to be more than than that. It can't just be Mahomes domination again, Mahomes MVP again, Mahomes throwing passes with a blindfold on, Why not, ninety-five yeah, yards why down not? the field. Why not? Go? Why does not? He get hit? It's not about where's it's because because it's it's the certain level of 
Turn, there's just turnover. Why Why did the Bears win 12 games this year in one day? We we're, we're not talking about No, I'm just talking about, do I think Mahomes is going to be very good and be in the conversation for the best player in the league? Absolutely. Do I think it's going to be as much of a cakewalk for him this year, seemingly, that it was last year? No. I don't know if Tyreek Hill is going to play every game this year. I, they, they don't have Kareem Hunt anymore. Like, I, I, I don't, don't think, yeah. I, 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 just, I just think that the teams around them are also getting better. I'm not going to try to bash on the Chiefs because I've done that too much. I just want to be the voice of reason here a little bit and say I don't think that the rest of Patrick Mahomes' career is going to be the exact same as the first year was. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah, but I don't think I don't think Luck's going to magically pull something out of the hat that he hasn't done his I, entire. Career. I think I, I mean if I can mediate, I think I'm somewhere in between you two guys because I definitely don't think that Andrew Luck is a, of the lost quarterback of this generation, and I think that I mean if I had to place a bet on, I mean I think Mahomes and Luck would be. Right up there for my picks for MVP right now, if I had to choose, um, you know, with my man Drew Brees, because I, spoiler alert, I'm on the Saints this year. Well, that's the third year in a row that someone on the back judge is on the Saints. That spoiler late, alert. That boy late, though. Okay. <laughs> that boy late, though. I'm already moved on. All right. Any, anywho, anywho, I think that both the Colts and the Chiefs are the two teams in the AFC that are on the rise, with maybe the Browns coming up there, too. I don't know what you guys think about the Browns. It's another conversation for another day. But my point is, Mahomes deserves to be the, the MVP favorite right now in terms of betting odds, which he is. But I think Luck deserves to be a very close second or third, and they're both going to have really good years this year. Yeah, I'm not here. I did not come here to diss Mahomes. I, did, I, I need to have an articulate argument if I want to try to slight Mahomes of anything he's done because I've already said enough, like I've said, bad things about him. And it's not about that. I think Mahomes is going to be very good. I'm just saying. And they, they picked up Mecole three Dello Hardman. I don't expect I don't expect the Chiefs to be as offensively effective this year uh, as they were last year. I just don't expect it. So, you know, I'm going to be on that wagon probably for the rest of my life in, in, in not believing that teams are going to continue their – you know, sustain sustain their offensive, especially at that level. You have to but, you have to recognize the bias, though, that you're doing the same thing with Andrew Luck. What do you, What am I doing? You're Continue you're saying that you're saying that the Chiefs exactly. You're saying yeah. the Chiefs well, aren't gonna. Well, aren't, okay. Well, let's unpack that because Andrew Luck. I'm talking about the Chiefs had the best year in the NFL last year. They were the best team in the NFL last year. Mahomes had the best year in the NFL last year. Andrew Luck had an extremely good year. He probably had third to fifth best year in the NFL last year, and the Colts won nine games, right? I'm saying basically, I'm not saying they're going to sustain that. I'm saying maybe flip the scenarios a little bit. Maybe the Colts are going to be the team this year for me that wins 12 games and Andrew Luck plays like the MVP, and the Chiefs will struggle a little bit more and win nine games and Mahomes will be fourth or fifth on the list. That's kind of all I'm saying. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm just granting, yeah, I am granting luck. That's the whole point of my prophecy is that I'm granting luck that. But... That's that's where my head is at right now. Um, I've got a few other thoughts circulating. I'm gonna also say as a talking point because the Browns are a great talking point. So let's talk about the Browns. And I want to know where you guys stand because the Browns. One day I'll wake up and be like, "There's no reason why this team can't win 10, nine to eleven games. Let's say nine to twelve games even, and win that division and be the new era Browns, the Neo Browns. Let's call them." Or I wake up another morning and I'm like, well, the Browns are the Browns and they've got a lot of personalities on their team. And we're we talk about granting. I love Baker. We're grant. We are granting Baker that everything's just going to work smoothly, kind of, and that they're going to be, you know, 
uh, winning games and slapping each other's asses in the locker room and everything's going to be going great. Hoo-hoo, ha-ha, we got all the talent in the league. But I just don't think the NFL is the league that rewards the best roster necessarily. So I want to well, just get into that. I, yeah, I, interesting kind of thing that I thought about with the Browns that I don't really think anyone else is talking about. And I remember last year sitting in the in the Sealy 2 studio, you know, going over this Browns team and making the remark to Lee that, like, this team has Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. Like, how does that work? When you have two guys with different offensive philosophies supposed to be guiding this, you know, offense forward. So, and they have somewhat of the same scenario this year with, with Freddie Kitchens and bringing in, <coughs> excuse me, Todd Monken from the Buccaneers. These are both guys who have different offensive philosophies, different experiences in terms of play calling, and they're expected to guide this offensive ship forward. And I, I just don't really think that's the best way to do it. I don't understand why, if you promoted head, Freddie Kitchens to, to head coach, I don't understand why you don't have some sort of Freddie Kitchens servant at OC who's just yeah. going to, you know, advance the philosophy. Why can't Kitchens call the plays, too? Why can't he do both? If you have enough faith in the guy to promote him to head coach, why isn't he not just call the – be the offensive coordinator and head coach? Call the plays. Like Kingsbury, I'm assuming. Exactly, yeah. Or isn't that what McVay does? That's like the one thing with that. It's like last year we were looking at it like, okay, how are Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson going to coexist? And you saw it in Hard Knocks that they weren't getting along. And I just don't understand. I, I really like to see Will Tyre at D.C. I think that's a great ad. And it's like here's a dude at D.C. who is, like, has, has been a head coach, definitely has his stuff under control. So Freddie Kitchens doesn't really have to worry about that all that much, kind of like the same situation they have. Obviously, Steve Wilkes isn't the same type of guy as Wade Phillips is, but you see the same type of scenario in L.A. where Sean McVay doesn't even have to give a second thought to what's going on in defense because all that stuff is, is already managed for him. So I, I just that's just something that I don't understand. I feel like they're just creating problems for themselves or being like, oh, here's Todd Monken. He was getting head coach interviews. Let's bring him in just for more brain power. And it's like sometimes you just need to simplify things. So yeah. and I, I don't know. It's just like you said, Lee, in the NFL, there's always stuff where it's like just because the Browns traded for Odell and traded for Olivier Vernon. I mean, they traded for Olivier Vernon and gave up Kevin Zeitler. And I don't really think their offensive line is that great. You have Greg Robinson starting at left tackle right now. Like, it's just tough for me, too, because, like, I love Baker. And the thing that I've always loved about Baker is his moxie and his ability to be a leader and be the dude. And that is almost like getting the Browns too much credit this year, I feel like. Like, there are almost there's almost too many people that are just like, well, how could it go wrong? We have Baker, and he woke up feeling dangerous or whatever. And it's like there's more to it than that. And I just think – with the humongous chip on the Steelers are going to have on their shoulder if you want to get into the division a little bit, and with how the, just the division's changing and moving, I just think that it's going to be extremely competitive, and I think that maybe the media uh, or you know everything, everyone making analysis is giving the Browns a little too much credit. Yeah, I'm pumping the brakes on the Browns, and I think a lot of that has to do with, I mean, the expectations right now are just at a ridiculous pitch. I mean, let's be clear, the Browns, we're not that great of a football team last year. They're taking a step in the right direction, and they got a lot of help. But getting mercenaries like that that haven't grown up in the organization works when you win. But if this team starts off 1-3 and three, with the people that they have in that locker room, I'm afraid yeah. it could go south real quick in terms of people calling for jobs, midseason firings, things of that nature. The expectations, I mean, they're... I think it came out originally like the first day is them as betting favorites to win the Super Bowl. The big boys in that division are still the Steelers and the Ravens. And until I see anything otherwise, 
it's going to be one of those two teams. The Browns are just not on that level yet. And are they on the level of the Patriots? No. The Patriots are going to trot out whatever the guy they have off the practice squad, and he's going to put up the same production as Odell against the Browns because of their organization and just the way they're built is superior because they bring guys through their system. Yeah, no, I think I couldn't agree more with uh, that. I'll let you talk, Tommy, but just Connor saying that if they started out, I think they're the most volatile team uh, in the NFL in terms of uh, locker room energy. If they start out 1-3 and three or 0-4, oh it could be, a, like Connor said, calling for jobs, calling for people's heads. Baker and Odell haven't talked in two weeks or whatever. I don't know. Reminds me of the Vic Eagles back in the day yeah. when that team got put together in terms of hype. Yeah, no, it definitely has similar hype to the uh, the Dream Team, as yeah. they're called, the, that Eagles team. But I'm uh, I'm pretty high on the Browns, and I think uh, a lot of this has to do with I think the Ravens are going to have a really bad year this year, and the Bengals, while I think will be competitive, are still in, the, rebuild, in, in rebuild mode. Yeah. And this really is a, a division t- uh, race between the Steelers and the, and the Browns. And while I think that, um, the Steelers are are not going to be bad by any means. I just like the upside of the Browns more, and I completely grant everything that you guys are saying about the potential for a, a toxic uh, locker room. But a lot of this comes down to my faith in in John Dorsey and the way that he's turned this this uh, this ship around since he got in there. They obviously think that Freddie Kitchens is the right man for the job. Um, I'm not going to pretend that I know if it's a good hire or not. They obviously internally think that this is the right dude for what we're trying to do with Baker and everything. And, and he seemed to have a good relationship with Baker. And um, I just think this team is too talented. They're, they got too good of a quarterback. Clep, uh, I think it's very true what you said about their offensive line, but I just, I like this team better than the Steelers. And I guess I'm just kind of going with my gut and on paper, I think that this is the Browns year to win the division, not to win the Tom. What's up? Chalk Tommy. Tommy Chalk. Back in the building. One one more thought I got on the Browns is uh, Mr. Moneyball, Dave Podesta, I don't think got a full fair shake. I think think he's going to be a forgotten man in this whole process. If you look at, I mean, you look at that Giants trade that they got him for, if you look at what he traded to get those picks, it's even more of a fleece for the Browns. paper. <laughs> exactly. I think I just think he's gonna. It's like Mark Jackson and the Warriors. Just nobody, nobody remembers it. But it's all those assets have made this possible. <laughs> well, here we are, boys. Here we are. Uh, what do you guys think about Michael Hardman being being the new three Dello? Because he's kind of like Clep out there, and they run those hard, just deep routes. I don't know why you're giving him an extra Dello, huh? Because he's in the league. He's three Dello now. That was a you know, preseason All-American watch list at yeah. CFA last yeah. year. You know, what are we gonna... Big senior year for the Ramblers. Big senior year. How do, yeah. you, how do you want to be remembered? Ask yourself that question. How do you want yeah. to be remembered? All right, boys. Well, that pretty much wraps up our uh, highly emotional uh, analysis. Return. Of, yeah. Connor and I are we're we're ten Saturdays away, right? Maybe it's nine now from college football. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Not yeah. many. Connor, so who's your who's your gut feeling Heisman pick right now? Third team in U of M. What week yeah. is? Week five, mid year. Yep. 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 Ah, <laughs> uh, mid Heisman pick. Yeah. I'd have to go with Taylor, Wisconsin. I think it's the smart Ooh. bet. I like that. Yeah. 
I, like I think that. Ellinger is. A, I think Ellinger is the risky bet if you want to make. Yeah, a risky bet. If you're going for yeah money. I mean, Taylor's odds aren't great to be honest. Like, I mean, he's top five. Despite, I mean, he's gonna put up good numbers no matter what for Wisconsin. What about this Ian Book kid? Ian Book kid. I think they're on the ball.